Hey, well, good morning, Centerpoint Church. How is everybody doing today? Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Uh, anybody love Christmas movies? Anybody? Any? Man, I came to the right service today. Uh, let me introduce myself to you. My name is James. I'm the youth pastor here at this church um, and excited to share the word with you today. Um, before we jump in, I do want to just give honor what honor is due and just say to Pastor Ann and Pastor John, thank you so much for the opportunity to preach and for trusting me with the platform today. I love you both very much. Thank you. Um, okay, so hey, before we jump into the message for today, can we have a little bit of fun for just a second? Is that all right with you guys? Uh, right, church shouldn't be just endured, it should be enjoyed, right? And so I was on Facebook, and I finally found the passage where, you know, all of you guys commented apparently about your favorite Christmas movie. Remember that one? And uh, I kept seeing Die Hard through the, through the list, and I was so tempted to preach Die Hard, but I'm not doing it today, okay? But I do, I'm sorry, but I do have a video clip for you. And uh, Bruce also stole a lot of Christmas cheer, and he said that Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. Now, the Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. Now, the Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. Now, the Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. Now, the movie, of course, was set during Christmas party, so it became um, a movie that a lot of people like to watch over the holidays. But Bruce says you shouldn't be watching it at that time of year instead of uh, It's a Wonderful Life or Elf. How do you feel about that? Well, this. You heard it from Bruce Willis. I'm sorry. But Die Hard apparently is not a Christmas movie. Instead, you should be watching Elf, right? And uh, uh, so, I, like I said, we should have some fun. We'll have a couple of laughs today, right? Well, hey, I'm excited to bring the word today. Hey, today, we are going to be talking about a film that came out in 2004. I know the suspense is killing you. Which one are we going with, right? And, and in this movie, there's a, a young boy. See when you get it. And he hears the sound of a train, right? Outside of his window, you're like, oh my gosh, it's Polar Express. Yes, we are going to be talking about Polar Express today. Uh, if you don't know what movie that is, it's a movie about a young boy who um, is getting to the age where he's starting to not believe in Santa Claus, right? And he takes this, this decision to jump aboard a train and to go on the journey from being a skeptic in Santa Claus to a believer in Santa Claus. Ah, did you see what I did there? So today we are going to be talking about the journey of being a skeptic to a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, there are two different uh, adults that are in the film besides the parents. Uh, there is a conductor and a homeless man who lives on board the, sh uh, the train. And um, what is interesting is the rest of the, of the people on the train are children. Right, and so you just see the interactions between the young boy whose name is Chris, and 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 Chris has these interactions with these two friends. One who is is courageous and fearless and says, "Let's go," and the other one who's kind of an outcast and doesn't have friends, and he decides to jump aboard this crazy train. And let me just say, I was a nervous wreck watching Polar Express. Everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong in that movie. You know what I'm saying? Like the the pin clip, and she puts it in out of her hair and puts it back in the train, and somehow that makes the train run and the train comes off the tracks and it's sliding across the ice and I was sweating already being sick but watching this film I was like turn the heater off like take me out of this blanket like I was a nervous wreck because it just everything that could go wrong goes wrong in that movie but the amazing thing is at the end of the movie uh, Chris he decides to believe in Santa Claus and uh, I'm excited I have one perspective that I want to show you it's this what about uh, Santa Santa. Isn't he the king of the North Pole? You mean, you mean this guy? 
That kid didn't even know what half those words meant, right? Like, he's just looking at him like, what are you saying? And I was the same way. I had to pull up Urban Dictionary and figure out what all those words meant. But essentially, the homeless man, right, he, he is, uh, he's gotten to this place where he's skeptical about Santa Claus. He's never seen him, right? He's, he's downplaying the whole thing. He's saying, you don't want to be coned or, or, or railroaded, right, or wool pulled over your eyes. And, and, and in the same um, in the, in the same theory today, we're going to be talking about a passage of Scripture. It's in John chapter 20. If you want to pull out your Bibles um, or your phones and swipe there or turn there, we're going to go to John 20. And I'm going to try to set it up for you. Essentially, Jesus has been arrested. Jesus has been abandoned by his friends, his closest friends. Jesus has gone to the cross. He's been crucified there. He has but now been dead for three days. It is now Sunday. His friends are, are in hiding. They're in fear of their lives that the same thing that has happened to their best friend is about to happen to them by the Jewish leaders. And so they are in a locked room hiding when they discover that Jesus suddenly appears in the room. And he says to them, peace be with you and breathes on them the breath of the Holy Spirit. And at receiving the breath of the Holy Spirit, isn't it interesting how they never abandoned their faith ever again? But because of the Holy Spirit, there was a confidence that they carried where they went from being a believer to a follower to a witness in Jesus. And so these disciples, um, among many of them, one of them was not present in the room at this moment. And that person was Thomas. Thomas gets a bad rep, though, doesn't he? Like, if we've been going to church for a long time, like, we like to just talk about one moment of Thomas's weaknesses, right, where, where Thomas says, you know, if I will believe if I can see the wounds in his side and the wounds in his hand. I want to feel it, right? And he says, if, if I can see it, then I'll believe. The conductor in that passage, he, he talked about uh, in that pa passage of the movie. You can keep it up there. It's fine. Um, is that he was saying seeing is believing. So we're going to look at what Thomas's perspective is in this and in his journey. It says in, in John chapter 20, verse 24, you can follow with me if you'd like. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see. Everybody say, see. The nail wounds in his hands and put my finger into them. Gross. And place my hands into the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. 
My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Powerful passage of scripture, right? Powerful story. And one of my favorite stories, because I think that in this story, there are lots of things that I want to unpack for you with the time that I have. And one of them is this. How is it that Thomas a faithful follower of Jesus for three years, could see the miracles, right? Could see the things that Jesus has done, opening the eyes of the blind, giving a hand to the lame and seeing them walk, right? Prophetic words, the feeding of the thousands of people. How is it that Thomas, who has seen all of this, is still stuck in this place of saying, I have to see it to believe it? And yet, as he's been following him for years, he's found himself at the rut of deciding, do I really believe that my friend is who he says that he is? Do I really believe that Jesus really, honestly, is alive? That he really did come back from the dead? Do I believe this? And his perspective is, is this, if I can see it, then I'll believe it. But as interesting as as you study this passage of scripture and as you read, I want to conclude to you and per persuade you of one thing is this, is that in verse uh, 28 leading up to it, he tells him that you can come to me and you can see the wounds in my side, Thomas. You can see the wounds in my hands. But it never says in the passage of scripture, no matter what translation you read, no matter what uh, gospel you read, you never see Thomas actually stepping forward and touching the wounds in his side or in his hands. At the sound of his voice, he believed. At the sound of his voice, he went from being a skeptic to a believer. Verse 28 says that he said, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Yeah, we know him as doubting Thomas, but he went from doubting Thomas to declaring Thomas in that moment. He went from a skeptic to a believer. And young like the young boy in the passage of the movie, The Polar Express, there's this journey that all of us must go on. And I came here to say to some of us is that, listen, you may have been coming to church your entire life. You may have been coming for three years, three days, three services. But the truth is this. Until you believe, until you hear the sound of his voice, hearing comes by faith. Right? And so the main point that I want to give you today is this. Take him at his word and believe. Take him at his word and believe. Thomas, I don't doubt Thomas. Thomas is, is a lot like many of us. We need the facts, right? A, a lot of us were like, I need to see it to believe it, you know? And, and, but the truth is, guys, I'm just gonna talk to you over here for just a second because I like to pan the room. Hey, guys, follow me. Hey, so, you know, Thomas, Thomas needed the facts. He wanted to strengthen his faith by what he saw. But I'm convinced, as, as many of us have been following Jesus, there's a difference between facts and faith. I know what the paper says on, on, on what you owe, but do you believe that your God will supply your every need? When what you see contradicts what you hear, what do you do? You know, many of us, we, we have to get to this place where we're willing to say, I walk by faith and not by, hmm. And like Thomas, Thomas, he didn't have to see the wounds. At the sound of his voice, he was confirmed that he really did believe my Lord and my God. I came here to tell you today, the Holy Spirit has some things that he wants to share with you today. God wants to speak to you today. Don't push him off another week. Don't wait another service. Don't say, I'm going to get my life right next month or New Year's comes around, then I'm going to start the change. No, let's start today. Let's press in. Let's lean in. Will you lean in with me for the next 15 to 20 minutes as I preach this word?
I only need five people to confirm with me because I'm pretty sure like I feel it. So Thomas, Thomas was a doubter at this time. And Jesus said to him, he said, he said, listen, Thomas, he said, don't be faithless any longer, believe. I tell young people this all the time. They say, listen, I'm, I'm not sure if I really believe in Jesus. Like, I'm just going to shoot it to you straight, pastor. And I tell them this all the time. Listen, if you want to grow more in your faith, if you want to see an increase in your faith, if you want to really decide whether or not you believe or not, find them in prayer. I, listen, I'm convinced, guys, and I'm concerned as well, that many of us, we are growing and making life maturing decisions, not in prayer, but looking for confirmations. Oh, if I could just get my three confirmations, then I'll know it was God. I'm kind of concerned about that because if you're looking for confirmations, you're only looking for things that you want to see. And you can manipulate things that you want to see. And you can manipulate scripture, but you cannot manipulate the peace of God that only comes from him. Right? And, 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 so, and so let's not be going for confirmations. Let's find them in prayer. What happened to the secret place, the private place, the private life, behind locked doors, behind closed doors? Make the time to meet with him. I, I have a busy schedule. At least I like to think I do at my age. Don't have kids yet, but I do have many of yours in my life and uh, that's enough for me and um, one of the things that I like to do is is in my in my my schedule I like to make appointments with God so what I do is in my calendar in my phone I block out time where I meet with God and I'd encourage you to do that if you're someone who says I'm just too busy to read the Bible come on guys does Netflix really have that much control over your life social media Come on, let's pick up the word of God today. Let's start reading the word. Let's start growing for ourselves. Let's not live off of the preacher's revelation. Let's get in the word for ourselves. Amen. Let's get in the prayer. Let's get into the private place. You will be so surprised by what God will share with you and show you just by making time to be with him. Tune out the noise. Trust him. Find time for him. I, I don't know when the best version of you is. Certainly for me, it is not 5 a.m. in the morning, okay? But, but you got to find some time when, when, when it works best for you, when you could be the best version of yourself, you know, and find time to pray. Block out time. Don't allow anything to get in the way of your time with God. It's, it's kind of like a fireman, right, that wouldn't go into a house that's on fire without his suit, right? It's like a hiker that wouldn't go hiking in the mountains without his water. In the same way, you shouldn't go throughout your week without your time with God. Because your time with God is going to set you up. You'd be so surprised by just spending time in the word. One verse will be a verse that you can share with somebody else that will unlock something in their heart. Have you ever seen it happen that way before, though? You, 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 read, a, you read a verse, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit brings it to your attention right in that moment. You're like, hey, be anxious to nothing through prayer and supplication. Make your requests known. Watch as the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. And you start seeing that the verses that you're reading, the word that you're reading, is growing something inside of you, isn't it? You know, Jeremiah chapter 20 verse 9 says, the word of God is like a fire shut up in my bones that I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. And so the more that you read, there's something that changes on the inside of you. And I want to encourage you to take him at his word and believe. We don't need to see more things. How many miracles, how many times has he taken you out of something that you never thought you would get out of? When you prayed for that spouse and he brought the right person into your life, when he resurrected your marriage, when he brought the family back together, when he brought you out of that debt that you never thought you could get out of, when he brought your son home that was a prodigal, lost and never wanted to come back to the church but gave his life back to the Lord, how much has he done in your life how much more do you need to see let's take him at his word and believe yeah. 
So take him at his word and believe. The second perspective I want to show you is the conductor. It's this clip. Check it out. Watch your step. Watch your step. You be walking up here. It's mighty slick. Mighty slick, I tell you. Oh, what? There you go. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Years ago, on my first Christmas Eve run, I was up on the roof making my rounds, but I slipped on the ice myself. I reached out for a hand iron, but it broke off. I slid and fell. And yet, I did not fall off this train. Someone saved you? Or something. An angel. Maybe. Wait, wait. Well, what did he look like? Did you see him? No, sir. But sometimes seeing is believing. And sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Powerful. That's a heavy quote right there. Take that to the bank. Walk with that for the rest of your life, right? I, I, I'm convinced, guys, 2 Corinthians 5-7, that says it this way, that we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians five, seven, right? Take him at his word and believe. You know, the truth is, guys, is we can stir up faith. We can grow in our belief just by sharing our stories, right? Just by sharing our testimonies, right? Have you ever sat down with somebody and heard their God stories? You didn't need to see it, but by hearing it, you began to believe. You ever seen that? It will change the atmosphere of a room just by getting a few believers together in a room to just talk about God's stories, talk about what God's doing in your life, what God is doing in your marriage, what God is doing in your business, right? And, 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 and you know, the Bible also says, you know, in, in Romans 10, 17, it says this, so then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. I'm, I'm wanting to persuade you and tell you this, guys. Take the time to share your stories. Take the time to listen. Take the time to pray. Take the time to talk with one another, and it will start to get you to believe these stories, get you to believe in what God is doing. It, it, it's amazing when, when you would just change your perspective away from the negativity, away from, from the anxious things that all of us can choose to partner with, and we choose to start listening to the good things that God is doing in our families, the good things that God is doing in our country, the good things that God is doing in this church, right? And I know we can choose to partner with the enemy and talk about all that negative stuff, garbage, right? Or we can choose to take him at his word and believe, right? That we overcome what? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our. So it is listening. It is by hearing and by hearing the word of God that faith comes. Faith will come by hearing, right? It doesn't come by what you see because we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Jesus will become so much more real to you the more time that you spend with him. We don't need more services. We need more time with Jesus. I'm so tired of playing church, guys. Can I, I, I'm just so tired of it. I, I want to spend time with him. I don't want to be, oh, gosh, uh, I'm going to go here. I don't want to just be in another service where I'm just like, oh my gosh, Jesus was in the room, guys. Like, I want to spend time with him. I want to talk to him. I want to sit with him. I want to worship him. I want to look him in his face and listen to what he has to say to me. I, I, 
it's like a conference that I went to a year ago. I, I was sitting in this conference, and um, I was with some of our youth staff, and it was in L.A., and, and, and just a couple seats down from us, uh, believe it or not, was Selena Gomez. Okay, so... We're all joking around, us guys, it's me and Mikey, we're sitting next to each other. Mikey and I are taking selfies like this, you know, <laughs> we're like, we got Selena Gomez a couple seats down from us in a church service, couple seats down from her is Justin Bieber. Yes, I said Justin Bieber's girls in the front row, right? And, and, and so JB's in the room, Selena's in the room, and, and Mikey and I are joking around because Mikey says that when Selena walked by, she touched his shoulder and said, excuse me, and Mikey was like, she touched me, you know? <laughs> Selena touched me, you know? Like, and so we're all joking around. And we're taking pictures and we're saying, hey, look, at like they're in the room and we were in the room with them. If we're not careful, we could start treating Jesus like that in church. We're like, oh, Jesus was in the room. Well, did you talk to him? Did you worship him? Did you sit with him? Did you take him at his word when the Holy Spirit was speaking to you in the seats and through the sermon? Were you pushing him away or were you nudging and leaning in and pressing forward and making the changes that you need to make? Take him at his word and believe. What does God want to share with you today? What is the last thing that God called you to do, go back and complete it. I don't want to be a Christian that says 10 years ago, God spoke to me. I want to be a believer that says every single week, every single day, God is speaking to me. God is showing me. God is giving me strategy for my future. My best days are ahead of me. The latter days are before me, greater than the former days, that the best is yet to come. That's not a cliche Christian thing. Jesus goes before me. Does he go before you? Take him at his word and believe. This last summer, I had the opportunity to preach at the mall. And uh, this time I asked permission. Two years ago, I didn't. Uh, Cops came. But this last time, um, I did get permission. And... um, and I got done speaking, and, and, you know, there was a crowd. People gave their life to the Lord. Healing broke out. Lives were saved. You know, it was, it was an amazing time. But my favorite moment was not really when I was on the platform speaking. My moment that really spoke to me was where I was supposed to be, was talking to a young man that was on the sidewalk, off to the side, who listened the whole time. And I walked up to him, and, and we'll treat the, the, the pulpit like this young boy, right? So I walk up to this guy, and, and I ask him, I said, hey, man, I, uh, how you doing? Uh, Knuckles, you know. And, uh, and I asked him, you know, hey, do you need prayer for anything? And I'm just forward like that, right? Shoot it straight, right? I get it from my mom, you know, like. <laughs> and, you know, so I just asked him, I just said, uh, hey, you need prayer for anything? Anything I can pray for you for? And, and he said, I don't need prayer from your God. <laughs> and, you know, I'm. I don't care if I get rejected. It's better than dealing with regret, right? And so I, I, just, I just kept pressing and I said, well, hey, you know, if you don't want prayer for anything, would you be okay if I asked God if he had a word for you? So the young boy, he, he looks at me and he says, sure, you can ask your God. So I said, okay. So I just started praying. It was an awkward 20 seconds, you know what I mean? Because he's just looking at me. His ride pulls up to make it worse. So now I'm feeling like I'm on a time frame, you know? And his ride pulls up. They, they can't stop the car. They got to, you know, hop in and, and just keep moving, you know? And so she rolls down the window, and, and uh, he looks, uh, or I look at the, at the mom, and I just said, hey, just one second, please, you know? And, and so I just asked God. I just said, God, do you have, a, you have a word for this young boy? Anything you want to show him or tell him? And he's leaning in. He's like that skeptic that's just like, oh, this is going to be real interesting, right? And here's the truth, guys. If I get it wrong, you probably just won't come to center point. Who knows, you know? But, but, but I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to swing until I miss, you know? And, and, and so I just ask God, and, and, and I'm listening. 
I've, I've walked with him enough. I pray to him enough. I spend time with him enough to know when I believe it's his voice. I'm willing to take the risk. Even if I don't know, I'm going to get it right. Here's the truth about this. When you take risks, listen to me. When you take risks, even if you get it wrong, they still walk away feeling loved. Even if you get it wrong, there is a conviction that says, I wish I had faith like that. Doesn't matter if you mess up. Don't worry about the outcome. You just worry about being obedient. Ooh, that's a word. And so I just leaned in and listened, and I closed my eyes, and I just began to listen, and I, and I saw a picture pretty quickly of, of, of a bedroom. It was like I was looking at it from an eagle's view, like a top-down view, not a ground view. And I saw the view of like a, a bedroom, and there was a bed, and this uh, young girl was sitting on the bed, and she had tissues and she was crying and she's sitting on the bed well I'm just going to take it you know and I used to think that I just was a terrible person I didn't like praying because I would daydream but then I realized that's the Holy Spirit speaking to me through visions and dreams that's a confirmation for some of you you do like prayer okay so I just said to him I said listen I don't know if this is registers with you but I'm seeing a picture of a young girl who's sitting on a bed uh, and she's uh, upset. I said, do you have a sister? And he looks at me and he says, I do. And he said, that's good. I see what you're doing there. That, that's good. You, you, <laughs> I see why you get paid to do what you do. You're a pastor. You know? <laughs> uh, you know? and, I, and I said, well, I'm just going to ask him if, what, what it is about your sister. You know? And so he says, okay. So now his ride's like honking the horn. And he's like, hold on one second. He's a little bit intrigued at this point. So I just press in a little bit more. Again, I see the same picture. The girl's crying. I, I, I tell him, I said, is there something wrong with your sister? You're having a tough time with her. It seems like she's emotional in what I'm seeing. He says to me, yes, we've been having a tough time with my younger sister. Uh, she's a teenager. My parents can't talk to her. She's closed off. She's isolated herself, you know. So then I said, okay, I'm going to ask God if he, what he wants to show you about this circumstance. He says, okay. So I press in again in prayer, again, taking him at his word and believing, listening. Then God begins to show me, or speak to me, I should say. He says to me that God wants to use this young man as a bridge to reach his younger sister because of the age. He says, you got to make time for your sister. So then I just opened my eyes and sealed the deal. I just said to him, I said, listen, I said, I, I feel like God is telling me this. I could be wrong, take it or trash it. But here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that God wants to use you as a bridge to reach your younger sister because of your age. You've got to make time for your younger sister. In that moment, full access. Here's what he said. He said, Mom, I need a second. This pastor's going to pray for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, what, what if we just lived our lives like this, right? That we would just take him at his word and believe, right? A person, this young man who was much like a Thomas who said, unless I see it, I won't believe, right? And in this moment goes from being a skeptic to a believer. And you have the same authority that I have. You can listen to your father. He's not just my dad. He's your dad. You can listen to him. Spend time with him. The more familiar you, spend, uh, you, you become with him, the more you will begin to understand his voice and you'll have confidence. Brooke, She's sitting in the second row. I could be way over here, and, and if I'm listening, I can hear her voice and know it's her, right? I can tell when she's hangry. 
Yes, at 12 o'clock, we might be there. You know what I mean? Like at that point, you know, I can tell if she's upset. I can tell if she's having a good time. I can tell if she wants to linger. Why? Because I spend time with her in the same way as you spend time with God, you will become more and more familiar with his voice. I practice the prophetic everywhere I go. If I'm in a gas station, you've heard that story. If I'm at a Starbucks, you've heard that story, right? And no matter where I'm at, I'm constantly asking God and just listening to him. Paul talks about praying without ceasing. That just means being aware that God is constantly with you, full access, always permission for God to stop you and interrupt your schedule. Amen? Take him at his word and believe not in just who he says he is, but what he says about you is just as important. Do you believe in yourself? Don't allow your failure to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. I had, a, I had a beautiful revelation this morning as I was driving in. Failure is not a bad thing. It just shows you what doesn't work. Keep trying. That's a mindset you got to shift in your brain. Keep trusting God. Keep listening to what he's calling you to do. Do the last thing that he's called me to, to do. Here's the last thing God called me to do, and you can keep me accountable to this. God has called me to get on the campuses in our school district. Tired of waiting. Tired of pushing around and just waiting for the door to open. So this next week, I'm going there. I'm going to talk to some of the campuses and see if we can get on these schools. Amen? Let's reach this generation. If you're a counselor or a school teacher, let me know. Let's talk. Let's get on the campuses. Let's reach this generation. Um, you know, so more than just how we see God, but how we see ourselves. A beautiful verse is Romans chapter 3, verse 22. It says it this way. It says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. Everybody say believe. No matter who we are. Wow. Let's not overcomplicate the gospel. You can be made right with God today by placing your faith in Jesus Christ alone. It's not Young person who's sitting in the room, it's not because of your parents' faith that's going to save you. It is you making the decision for yourself and saying, listen, I know I have a long list of some things that I've done wrong, but no matter where I've been, no matter what people have said about me, I can be made right with God today, and you will in just a moment by placing your faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is not by our deeds. It is not by the life that we live. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin are death. Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23, right? But the gospel says in Romans 10.9 that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. It's very simple. Today, you're going to have a moment to do that and it's gonna be the most important decision at the end of this message that you will ever make in your life is inviting God to revive you, to come back to him, to be made right with Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter four, verse three, whew, this one's good. For the scripture tells us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Here's a revelation for you, you can write this down, is this, is that no matter what you are, the gap between what you are and where you've been and what you've done is filled in by faith to what he's called you to be. It will be counted onto you as righteous, regardless of the sins and the things that you've done. If you call upon the name of Jesus, if you ask for the forgiveness of your sins, that gap is filled in by your belief. Your beliefs are counted onto you as righteous. Abraham was counted as righteous because of his faith. 
Now, there are a lot of things that we can say, guys, today that would discount us from wanting to get aboard the train. But the train is departing in a few minutes. And God is calling you, are you getting on board this morning? Are you ready to make the decision to take him at his word and believe? Listen, there are a lot of things that we cannot see, but yet we believe in. If air walked out of this room, if it had legs and walked out, all of us would know very quickly. And the degree of our life would change radically. Gravity, same thing, can't see it, yet you know it's there. Jesus is alive and well. Jesus is here. The longer you will start attending Centerpoint Church, you will discover faith in Jesus. I'm convinced. God is not afraid of your requests. God is not afraid of what you've gone through. He gets his sleeves dirty. He will get in the mud with you. God wants to pull you out of whatever it is that you feel you are bound to. Don't let man be on the throne of your heart. Place Jesus back on the throne and put him where he deserves to be. Amen. Take him at his word and believe. The gap, the gap must be filled in in belief, not in good deeds. Not good deeds alone will save you. It's faith in Jesus Christ. You know, there's a third scene, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with you. It's, it's this one. Check out this clip. Oh, what a beautiful bell. Who's it from? Santa. Santa? Really? Oh, that's too bad. What's this? Huh? Broken. Huh. Sorry about that, sport. Come on, kids. We don't want to be late. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. Aww. I love what he says. He says, even though I've grown old, I still believe. Don't allow your life circumstances and situations and things to eject you from your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust in him today. Place your faith in him today. I'm convinced that this 1030 service is going to be the most people that are going to give their life to the Lord today. I just feel it. I feel salvation in this house for this service right now. I really believe that there are some things that you've stopped you from wanting to come to him. You know, I, I had a, a, a vision last night. I shared it at the tenth, or last service, and at last night it was a vision of, of a bird cage, and there was this colorful, beautiful bird that was inside the cage, uh, and there was like a hinge that was flinged open, and the hinge of the door was open for this bird. And I was asking God, I was asking him about what, what does this mean? And God was sharing with me that some of us guys have, have gotten very comfortable with living in the cage but you were meant to fly. And I know that there are maybe some things that maybe you've settled with, maybe some things that you've just decided, I'm just gonna live my life this way because I don't know any other way to get out of this. But God wants to open up the, the cage and spread it out wide for you to fly again. I know there's been some wounds, maybe some things, maybe some failures, maybe some, some mistakes, you know, that have caused you to decide to stay in the cage. 
Well, let's be like that bird that flies today. Let's take him at his word and believe. Let's trust that our God is who he says that he is, that our God says who we are, that we really are that. Let's, let's trust him. Let's soar again. Amen? Amen? You know, I feel like right now in this moment, let's just, let's just end the service right here. Let's close our eyes and pray together right now. If you're ready to make this decision, maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a while. But maybe you found yourself recently in a season where you're like a Thomas who doesn't really know if they really believe. It's kind of like the verse that comes to mind is Mark chapter 9, verse 24, that the man says, I believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Maybe you're in this place and you're saying, I I just, I've been wanting more facts and I haven't really increased in my faith in Jesus because I've been looking for signs. I just want to give you the moment right now just to repent for that. I I, I just feel like it's a great moment for you to just take him at his word and believe. You know, just don't push off the Holy Spirit right now. You know, be reminded of the things that he's done You know, that's how we enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. We thank him for what he's done, but we praise him for what he's about to do. So, Father, I just, I lift up this church to you and my family. And, Lord, we repent for where maybe we've we've questioned you or maybe we've gotten so relaxed in our relationship with you that we think that we're entitled to, to you doing what we need to see in order to believe in you. But God, we don't want to lean on our facts any longer. We want to lean on our faith. Maybe, maybe you've been looking for the signs and the confirmations. Find it in prayer. Don't look for it for what you're trying to find. Find him in the secret place. I'm tired of playing church. I want my time with you.